I definitely think there is an agenda that it's coming from the ideological spectrum on the left. Um, it's a really a communist tactic. That's what the communists did and the Soviets did in Russia was they destroyed their, their history and didn't want people to talk about the past. And uh, that, so it is a very dangerous thing. You really do need to know the truth. everybody to another episode of Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex, and we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Jane Cook, and she is an author of numerous books, including uh, one that I have here, The Submarine and the Spies, Friendship and Vigilance in the American Revolution. Uh, she's an expert on the history of our country, which, of course, our young people just don't know anymore. Uh, in my opinion, it's a tragedy. She's written 13 books, mostly dealing with American history. She was the former White House webmaster. And she's got three new books out, including this one that I just mentioned. She's got War of Lies, A History Mystery, and First Fireworks for Independence, which is a children's book. She just read it recently at one of these uh, Kurt Cameron Library events alongside John Solomon, who read from his own children's book. Uh, Jane, welcome to the program. It is great to have you. Um, you know, I want to talk even before we get into the specifics of your book. Uh, we have a crisis in our country, as you know. Uh, the latest government data shows that I think something like 13% of uh, American young people are even proficient. These are eighth graders in U.S. history. And of course, even that history that they're allegedly proficient in is not necessarily um, actually what happened. Uh, talk about this crisis. How do we get here and why is this so dangerous for our country? Well, I, you know, I think that we got here because we're not doing a good job of teaching, you know, our history. And we've got, you know, a lot of these other influences, the, the woke culture um, is steering people away from original source material on history and misinterpreting history. So I think that's one factor. And I also think we don't do a good job of blending subjects when we teach. So um, I've noticed that the classical education world does this very well. Homeschool does this very well, where, where you might teach writing, but you're using paragraphs about history to teach the writing. So you kill two birds with one stone, you know, and I don't think our schools do enough of that. And on the submarine and the spy book that just came out, it's a novel for 12, ages 12 and up. So four eighth graders, but you can teach it in literature class as the hero's journey or you can teach it in an American history class. So you can, it's a way of combining. And I don't think we do enough of that. You know, I noticed that in the books, the you know textbooks of the 1800s, people were learning to read based on stories about George Washington, about Lafayette, stories from the Bible. So from the beginning, we actually did a good job of combining um, subjects, but we really drifted away from that. And we've been kind of a narcissistic, me, me, me culture. A lot of the reading is very focused on individual, you know, superfluous things. So I think we could, we've got an opportunity to write the course. Do you think there's a deliberate agenda here, Jane? Do you think there are people who don't want our young people to know our history? I mean, we're coming up on the 250th anniversary of our country and uh, you know, our founding fathers are being demonized now regularly, not just in our schools, but our universities, the the media, they're being portrayed as these evildoers. Uh, do you think there is an agenda to conceal the real history from our young people? Yes, I definitely think there is an agenda that it's coming from the ideological spectrum on the left. Um, it's a really a communist tactic. That's what the communists did and the Soviets did in Russia was they destroyed their their history and didn't want people to talk about the past and uh that so it is a very dangerous thing you really do need to know the truth and you need to know 
you can't study absolutely everything, but you need to also have a healthy perspective when we look at history. You need to teach the, the difficult things, but you've got to, you need to also have an optimistic viewpoint when you teach. And I think we've got this really, it's called harsh history. It's a very negative viewpoint and it doesn't give people hope. And uh, I think that's something, you know, that we, that we need to work on. And I, I've been working on um, my Substack series, janehamptoncook.substack.com. I have several articles about how the Declaration of Independence influenced our greatest civil rights movements, because I realized that clause about creation and the Declaration of Independence that we are endowed by a creator with inalienable rights, that really motivated people. It motivated Susan B. Anthony, Martin Luther King, uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe. So how we got out of slavery was because people embraced the belief that all men and women are created equal. They have equal value to God. They're not all the same, but they have equal value and worth. And that that is really what brought us through um, our history is, is that idea. Yeah, and, and that's at the stage for ending slavery, not just in the United States, but really around the world. Uh, you know, One of the things that I, I realize our young people have no clue is that slavery has been ubiquitous throughout human history. Uh, in Mauritania, slavery wasn't even criminalized until 2007. The Saudis didn't do it until about 50 years ago. And yet young people in America think America is just uniquely evil because there was slavery here at one time. Um, terrible distortion of the history. Uh, one of your new books, uh, you actually talk about like, you know, the fake news thing, the, the dishonesty, the lies, the agenda. Um, you know, a lot of us think that that's kind of a contemporary development, but uh, you show in your book that even back in 1776, there was fake news trying to demonize, uh, for example, George Washington. Uh, talk a little bit about this tactic and how uh, evildoers like to spread lies and misinformation. Yeah, so I, my book, War of Lies, when George Washington was the target and propaganda was the crime, looks at 18th century fake news. And uh, George Washington was attacked in newspapers. He was called an assassin during the French and Indian War. That was a lie. He got someone to that, that knew what really happened to you know refute um, the lie and reveal the truth. But when he was commander of the Continental Army, there was a counterfeit letter propaganda campaign that was published in newspapers. So it was letters from Washington as if he was writing his wife and other family members, but they were all fake and people thought they were real. And so my book looks into four suspects of who could have written them. And really what it is, it's this internal battle of jealousy people get jealous and um, sometimes, and that, that can drive someone to counterfeit someone's letters. And so um, that's really, I think what drives a lot of the fake news. It's a purposeful manipulation to steer people one direction or another. And oftentimes that direction is away from the truth. Yeah. So, so what happened back in 1776, you mentioned his name was eventually cleared, but um, was fake news just as, as common and just as dangerous back then as it is today or worse or think it was just as common as it is today. I don't think it was as purposefully wrong. So what a, what was fake a lot of times back then was just they, you know, that they were so far away from each other that you might have a, a false report, but you wouldn't know that it was false for several months because it took weeks, you know, for letters to travel. So it was a lot of just mistakes in a lot of ways, but during wartime, there definitely was an effort to skew the public you know, there was a, a British newspaper publisher, James Rivington. His job was to, you know, uh, was narrative building in favor of the king. And so, um, you know, during wartime, we definitely see the intentional uh, fake news, the intentional propaganda is very common. Wow. 
All right, we're going to go to break real quick. And when we get back, I want to talk about uh, two of your other recent books, The Submarine and The Spies, and also your children's books. So folks, stay with us. We're going to be right back after this quick break with more from Jane Cook. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes. And I want to say a good word for the New American Magazine. Uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because New American Magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people. Visit thenewamerican.com today. Use the promo code NEWMAN to get $10 off the price of a print subscription. Welcome back to Conversations That Matter. Alex Newman here, your host, uh, senior editor at The New American Magazine. Our guest today is Jane Cook, and she's got a few new books out uh, on history and American history and education. Uh, you know, we got the uh, 250th anniversary of our country's birthday coming up uh, in 2026. And, um, you know, it's a real question mark. What is that going to look like? Are, are we even going to have a country by 2026? Or is it going to look anything like uh, it does today, like it was supposed to look, like it looked 50 years ago, uh, that I think is yet to be determined. But uh, you're doing a lot on this front, Jane. Uh, I want to talk about your children's book. You just, uh, last weekend, uh, you were reading this at one of the uh, Kirk Cameron Library events. And so you wrote this book. It's called First Fireworks for Independence. Uh, talk about the book, uh, what's in it, and why did you decide to write it? Well, I discovered that the first people to launch fireworks for independence um, were Virginians and that they met in a convention in May of 1776. They said, we're done with the king. They wanted Congress, the Continental Congress to declare independence. And then they decided to celebrate because they were at their wit's end. There was just no more law and order. The king had dissolved the Virginia legislature. And so they said, we're done. And they celebrated with a parade and fireworks the next day. And I looked because now historical newspapers have been digitized so you can keyword search. And I could not find any earlier instance of anyone launching fireworks for the purpose of celebrating independence. And so I thought this is something we need to know because we celebrate independence every year through fireworks. I think it's a great way to connect the present with the past. And so I wrote this book from the point of view of Virginia Randolph, who was the granddaughter of one of the founders and so the, the opening of the book asks you to, you know, if you can guess who her grandfather was. And then at the end, I reveal which founding father Virginia's grandfather was. But you get to see when fireworks were first launched for July 4th in Philadelphia, Boston, New York, Charleston, and of course, Williamsburg. And so it's just a fun, um, fun look at, at that, that topic. That's awesome. Um, how did the uh, the event at the library go? Yeah, I, I love Kirk Cameron. In fact, I was just in his most recent documentary about homeschooling, a great mm. film. And of course, he's a great American. Um, but I, I know he's been getting a lot of pushback. A lot of the libraries don't want him to come. Uh, you know, a lot of the LGBT crowd, they're showing up to protest. How dare you talk about God to these children? Uh, you know, let us dance naked in front of them. Uh, truly incredible. But uh, how did the event go? I know John Solomon was there, you mentioned. Was it well attended? Was he there pushback? No, we 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 didn't have any protesters. It was well attended. We filled this room. There were seventy people, I think, in the room. It was a room that was um, designed in the library, so you could get to it from the outside of the library. So it was actually before the library even opened, and um, it was really nice. And John talked about free speech because that's what his children's book is about: is freedom of speech. And you know, it it's it's a good thing. And there there were very, I think, the enthusiasm was what. The people wanted to be there. They these were parents who wanted their children to hear some patriotic books and to get back to 
you know, just good old fashioned traditional values. And that's, that's what that event was all about. And it was a success nationwide because they had like 300, 350 um, events across the country on Saturday. So it was really good. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Now, uh, the other book that you have uh, just put out recently, The Submarine and the Spies, Friendship and Vigilance in the American Revolution. Tell us a little bit about this book and what are the lessons for today? Well, so um, this book takes place, it starts off at Yale and there are three classmates at Yale who are in the same social club and they go on to do some amazing things during the American Revolution. But what binds them together is friendship. And I think that's a, a good topic for, you know, ages 12 and up to think about friendship. Um, and you realize that they all had to make a sacrifice to be part of the American Revolution. And uh, the, their names were Benjamin uh, Talmadge, Nathan Hale, and David Bushnell. And David Bushnell invented the first submarine. Uh, Nathan Hale became a spy and he gave his life for our country. Um, and he was vigilant as a spy. He was watching over, he was doing what George Washington wanted him to do, which was to gather information about the British movements on Long Island. And then uh, Benjamin Talmadge was best friends with Nathan and he, he could not speak about Nathan's death. He was so distraught, he couldn't even speak of it. But when George Washington asked Benjamin Talmadge to be his spy master, he um, he, he almost, it seems like he did that in the name of Nathan Hale. And he was very discreet, would not give away any information, even when Continental Army generals would ask him. And so it was really, it's all about that hero's journey. They were fighting for their homes, their home of Connecticut, their homes in Long Island. And that that was really what the revolution was to them is, is that they wanted their homes to be free. And so it's a nice, you know, book about friendship. And then vigilance is the theme. And that's what the meaning of the color blue in our flag, one of the meanings, one of those virtues is vigilance, which means watching over. And that's what you've been doing. You've been watching over what's going on in the country and reporting on it. And we need vigilance to, to be aware of, of dangers and trends that undermine you know, what it means to be an American. That's awesome. I uh, really appreciate it, Jane. So what's the best way for people to find these books and follow your work? Well, they're on Amazon.com, all of the books. I do have a, a shop on my website, janecook.com forward slash shop. And I did put a promo code out there for um, Alex is the promo code. So if you want to get them through my shop, they're autographed through my shop. And, uh, you know, and I do have a Substack, janehamptoncook.substack.com. And I, I post a lot of articles and write my writings there. So that's okay. um, how, to, how to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Well, hey, really appreciate it, Jane. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Thank you for talking about these books. Uh, I am uh, not going to be getting any of the revenue from the books, as far as I know, despite the promo code. But yeah, folks, I uh, got there. Get, check out the books. Um, important work, and uh, we really do need our young people to uh, to understand American history. It's just so significant. So thanks again, Jane Hampton Cook. Really appreciate you coming on, folks. Thank you for watching. Uh, again, check out the books. I'm Alex Newman. This is. Conversations that matter for the New American Magazine. Until next time, God bless you all.